Hello, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shantae, and Whole and Complete is all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. Y'all, we have been doing a deep dive into relationships. We started with food, then we moved on to money, and I don't know what I was thinking to tackle this ginormous (laughs) topic about a relationship with God, but here we are, and we have pressed our way And we have made it to the finale of this series. And as I thought about this, as I thought about all the things that we talked about, I could not think of a better person to invite to share insights about this particular topic than my dear friend, my mentee, my love, Gail Arthurs Cranbull. She is a licensed minister. She has four advanced degrees in teaching and school administration and English lit and women and gender studies. She is a thinking woman of faith, a woman of African-American descent. And she really understands what it means to start in that first container of Christianity that we talked about in the last episode and and make the transition to the second. And she is a tenured professor because that's how we met, um, mentoring her through that process. And she is also one of the women with whom I have been meeting for over a year on Saturday mornings at eight o'clock as we have just poured our way through this relationship with God and what that means to us in our lives and and figuring that out in that struggle. So dear friend, Gail, welcome to this show. Thank you so much. It's uh, an honor and a pleasure to be here. So you have listened to the first couple of episodes in this series. And so Mm -hmm. let's start there. What, What jumps out? What pops out for you right now? I think One of the things that really resonated is the way you framed it in the beginning about our attachment styles. I think that was a really, um, really smart way to frame it, to think about, because that is where it all begins, right? How, what is our formation? What do we know about trust and safety? And so much of that spills in every area of our lives, particularly, particularly our relationship with God. So that that was just really, that was a brilliant way to frame it and think about our relationship to God. So I'm glad you started there because you said two key words, trust and safety. Mm-hmm. And those are, those are primal human needs. Like safety is paramount. When we don't feel emotionally safe, when we don't feel physically safe, it's hard to kind of navigate all the rest of it. And so it's interesting that most of us tend to find God in a, in places where we're not feeling safe in places where we're not feeling like everything is going well and all the boxes are being ticked. And so how do you kind of like explain that phenomenon? It's like, we're, is, is that when we're searching the most for God, when we are feeling exposed and vulnerable and out there and, and rough, because for some people they go the complete opposite way. Absolutely. Well, that's definitely the place place for me. And thinking about my own attachment style, which was I was very, I grew up in a very safe and nurturing and stable relationship. I had a really close relationship with my dad in particular. And so that was when you, and you also mentioned first container. So having all of that safety and, ha- and that, then that set me up and maybe differently from you, it set me up with certain expectations that God is always going to be predictable 
and safe and the same. We hear God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What that means and how that plays out in real life is really different. So I had a whole- <laughs> To say the very least. <laughs> and so, like you said, when, when, that, when, when that is not how life unfolds and life blows up, then you have to completely reassemble and start over and, and reconstruct, deconstruct your faith, your relationship with God and what it looks like. Um, so I, I think that coming from a situation like yours where in the beginning your life was unstable, that brings you to God. But the, I think we all have to get to that moment where of instability, of this is, this is not what I thought. I call it the difference between a grown-up faith and a Sunday school faith. Mm, talk about it. Those are really very different things. The, the, the Sunday school faith is very predictable. There are rules. You do this, you get that. The Bible is very straightforward. The Bible is very, God said it, I believe it. That settles it, it right? That settles it, right? It's, uh, it's very simple. There are rules. People tell you what to believe. It's spoon fed to you. That's the whole idea of drinking milk instead of the solid word of God. So you start off like that. And then here comes life. I'm and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and then what happens when, when you experience life? And as you said, people, this is, and this is where the rubber meets the road. And a lot of people in that stage decide this is, I'm, I can't do this. And they, they leave the faith, they leave Christianity, their whole life and relationship with God is reconstituted. And I, I think there's always that, and I could have gone that way. Me too. Um, I could, I definitely could have gone that way. And maybe in some ways I did, in some ways, maybe I did. It's, this is not, this, this relationship with God is not for the faint of heart. It's really not. And listeners, this is something that I want to stress. I, I think that a lot of you may have come to God through exactly what Gail just said through that Sunday school. God said it, I believe it is rules to this. And if you don't follow the rules, then you're out of alignment. You're out of order. You're out of pocket. Hey, in some cases you might be out the church, you know? So it's, it's very regimented and it's very straightforward. And everything that the Bible says, you take as literal, like the literal gospel, and there's no room for questions and there's no room for doubts and there's no room for what ifs. And then like Gail said, life happens. And it's like, oh, wait, wait, hold up. This is, this is messy. This is complicated. This is fraught with, with hills and valleys. And, and what part of the good news is this? And that's the question. It's like, as a minister of the gospel and as someone whose life has blown up, you know, as, as I alluded to in the previous episode, you've had two recent devastating losses in very close. I mean, two of the most important men of your life. Gone. Gone. And Gone. so it has blown up. And, and when that happens, how are you leaning in instead of tapping out? Because you're right. 
we could go that way. We absolutely could go that way, but we choose not to go that way. And what is that thing that keeps us from going the other way out the door saying, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I'm out. I'm a, I'm a head out. Deuces, right? Right. Well, it's, I think it's, I think it's not, I, I it's, I don't think it's that. I think that you come down, I'm struggling with the words here because it's such a, an interesting question. So I'm really trying to think Shantae, was there a point that I decided to go out the door in somewhere? And I, and I think at some point you have, you get to that brink where you decide. And for me, and I think this is a, this is all, this has always been my theological question and my theological challenge is around theodicy. And, and for your listeners, theodicy is a simple, it's, it's the theological question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Right. Why does, why is evil in the world? Mm-hmm. That's always been my theological question. And it shows up. I would say every preacher has one message or one question that they're chasing. And that shows up in every message that I preach. I'm still wrestling with that question. I think why I am still in it is because I have found a God in my questions. Mm. I have found God in the wrestling. I have been like Jacob and, and, and let the doubts and the questions and the anger and the fear, I think there's no going around it. I did not gloss over it in my journey. I walked through all of it. Mm. And at the end of it, there was God. Come on, sis. You know, and this is important listeners. Don't miss this part. Wherever you are in your journey with God, please, please know that there is some, some wrestling to be had. You know, some of you grew up like me, you know, life wasn't no crystal stair and it's full of trauma and things you can't talk about out loud or in polite company and things like that. And when you look at the trajectory of all the things that have happened, I think it's a fair and legit question to be like, well, where was God when Mm-hmm. A, B, and C was going on. Where was God when daddy did this and mama did that and sister brother here and sister brother there? And it's normal and natural to be legitimately scarred by those things. Faith in God does not delegitimate all any of the things that you have experienced in your life because Hard things happen. Exactly what Gail said. Hard things happen to to good, unsuspecting, innocent people. And I I think about this, you know, and, and not to do a deep dive into like New Testament because girl, we ain't got time. But when you think about when Jesus came into the world, so here we are, right? This is the Advent season and the spirit of Christmas, right? And, and, and I will say <laughs> Americans have really put this kind of glossy, sparkly, jingly, ho, ho, ho type of gloss and veneer over that story. But baby, that story was messy. Mm-hmm. King Herod was killing babies by the hundreds, killing babies by the hundreds to kill one. To, 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 to protect his, his legacy and to protect his place on the throne killed hundreds of, of infants 
looking for the one, looking for Jesus to try to kill him. And when I think about that, I said, if those are the circumstances for which Jesus came into the world, Hmm. the enemy tried to take him out early. And I think about the calling that I have on my life and the calling that so many of us have on our lives. And I said, oh, I recognize this playbook. The enemy comes for you early. He comes for you in childhood and he makes things rough and he makes things rocky so that by, so that you never get here, so that you never get to the point where you can tap out. And I I think about Mm. here I was (laughs) in this unstable, chaotic, violent environment and you, and God was like, but I see you in that. And I'm going to use the person that is causing that to reach you. That blows my mind to this day, Gail. I, I said, and, and this is the things that we talk about you all on Saturday mornings, how God just seems to hit, hit straight with crooked lines. Somehow or another, he will find his way to you and will use whoever and whatever just to say, I see you. I see you. I got you. After when my husband died in, in 20, last year in 2020, de- I'm devastated, blindsided. We were praying and believing and trusting God for his healing. It, it, and it did not manifest. I buried my dad less than two months ago. He, he walked into the hospital and he didn't walk out in 10 days, how that happened, how he did just devastating loss. As I'm heading into this Advent season, how do you navigate that? And I will offer Hebrews eleven six two things without faith. And this is what you've been doing in your podcast. It's impossible to please God mm. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is rewarded. That gets to the, the question about, is God, does God exist? Is God here? Hmm. You hmm. got to know that God, as you said, sees you. He was right there in the chaotic childhood that you grew up in the preacher's kid household that I grew up. He's there in all the questions. He's there in the grief. God exists for you. Yes. He is there. Yes. You got to believe that God is. And that his rewarder, that gets to my question, is God good? Mm. Is there a pattern to all this? Is there meaning to this? Will good come out of bad? Does he give beauty for ashes? Is God a rewarder? That th- that's the question about God's goodness. Mm. The advice I got is go back to what you know. Hmm. What do you know for sure about God? Hmm. You look back over your life when trials and tribulations and hard times come, when you're ready, when you're on that brink, should I go left? Should I go right? What do I know about God? Well, I know that I'm still here. Hmm. I know that somehow or other God kept me. I know that somehow or other, I still have my mind. I know that I did not lose. I lost a lot, but I didn't lose at all. I still have my four kids. I still have a family. I still have a community that loves me. What do I know about God? I know that God is. Mm. And woo, y'all, I'm over here choking back the tears. I'm trying to be professional. Gail, I can't stand you. Listen, (laughs) (laughs) I know that God is. 
And mm-hmm. listeners, that was that that was the guiding scripture through this whole series. Moses yeah. said, and what shall I say to them when they said, who sent me? I am that I am. Y'all, that is it. He <laughs> is. What do I know for sure about God? Yeah. He is. Do I know what he's doing all the time? No. Yeah. Do I know why he's doing it? Mm. No. Do I know what tomorrow holds? No, like there's so many things that I just don't know. Mm. But what I do know is that he is. And it's a fair question. Like, well, how do you know that? Right? How do you know that? You can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't see it. And you know, we can we can go through the well, you can't smell air, can you? And you know, it still exists. Well, I'm not gonna do that. What I can tell you is that some of you call it intuition. Hmm. Some of you call it spidey senses. Some of you call it, you know, how people say things like something told me that I should go back and check, you know, and see if the oven was on. Like, you know what that something is? You know what that intuition is? You know what that God beyond words. And I'm, and here's the thing, Gail and I both are English professors, honey. When I tell you, we have all the words, we have all of the words, baby, we have all of the words we have written, we have published, we have, we teach students how to do this almost every day of our working lives. We have all the words. And I'm telling you right here, right now on this podcast, I don't have the words, Mm. but I know what I know because I know what I feel and not feel like in that sort of like, I feel good. I feel happy. I feel blessed. No, it's something in the, in the core of my being that Mm. responds when God is working in my life. Like it, it, it calls from the depths of my soul and says, that is God. That is him. He is speaking to you. He is moving through you. You know, Oprah likes to say, your life is always speaking to you. God Mm -hmm. is always speaking to me, you know, and I'm not shunning Oprah because she believes in God too. But, but that's the best way that I can say it is that listeners, Mm -hmm. sometimes it makes sense to step away from the noise and the chaos and the, and the, the hurt of, of all the thing of your circumstances and just get quiet for a minute. Yeah. Just get quiet for a minute and hmm. feel the presence of God. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Psalms 4610. Be still hmm. and know. Be still and know. And for people like me, so you're going back to attachment styles, it's hard to be still when you are self-reliant, when you're avoidantly attached, when you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not trying to be a burden. I don't want to ask nobody for nothing. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm straight. You know, I got this. I can do this. And God is loving enough. You know, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. So God is never going to, you know, force his way into your life. But he was like, okay, well, I'm gonna let you tire yourself out. And um, I'll be right here <laughs> when you get ready to come back. But that's the best way that I can explain it is that it is, it is more than an intuition. It is a knowing. It is an absolute knowing. Am I making sense? Absolutely. I think there's a song and I'm trying to think of it. Something about when I look back over my life. And I think things over. <laughs> That's, that, that happens in the stillness. 
where God speaks, where you can, where you replay and you see the hand of God that is moving and guiding and shaping and, and putting you in certain situations and you see how he's, how he's kept you, how things that should have destroyed you, how things that have taken other people out have not taken you out. Come on, come on. When you get in that place of stillness, then you can go back to what do I know about God? And, and you've gotta be, you, you've gotta take the time, as you said, to be still. But when you take that time, when you seek him, when you ask genuinely, God, where are you? He'll say, I'm right here. I've been here the whole time, the entire time. What do you think it was that you were supposed, and this time last year, I was on a cast. After all that happened, I buried my husband, had a, sir, all, I ended the year getting into a serious car accident. What kept, my kids could have lost two parents that year, but God, but God, but God. Why? Why has God kept me? Hmm. Hmm. God is. God is. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Listeners, if you have an ear to hear, hear this. And let me say, and actually, Gail, I've never told you about, told you this about us, but I met Gail. Oh my gosh. I feel like it's been forever. Probably maybe going on 10, 12 years now. You know, it's been, it's been a while. Been a hot minute. A hot minute. So before she was a tenure professor, she was an adjunct at my college. And this is how we kind of came into relationship. And I remember the first time I heard her say that she was a minister. I was in my first container of Christianity at this traditional Southern Baptist church where women were not allowed in the pulpit. And so when I heard that, I was like, ooh, like it was... (laughs) Like, so funny. Also, like, wait a minute, a woman, a minister, like, this is blasphemy yeah, so and all the things, you know, funny. not realizing, baby, that I was in that Sunday school faith. Listeners, you can be a whole grown person. You can be 40, 50, 60, still on milk, still yeah. on milk, still getting that spoon fed. Well, what the preacher told me, the preacher who has his own flaws, faults, failings, unresolved issues, unresolved traumas, personal biases, prejudices, and agendas, all of the things. Okay. Well, well, that's what the preacher said. This is why the Bible says that you have to study to show yourself approved, honey. It says you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And so when I met Gail, I was so limited in my scope of thinking like women can be ministers of the gospel. And then huzzah, for those of you that have been listening to me podcast for years, do you know how many times you all have reached out to me and been like, Dr. Shante, you preached. And I'm like, oh, don't say that. You know, like, <laughs> it, it just didn't occur to me. Like women can't have a message for God in their, all of that. And that's not what it's about. Y'all relationships are not about rules. No. They're not, they're not about rules relationship with God is not about rules, even relationships, you know, with, with significant others, we we're going to have a dating series in 2022, but it's, it's, it's always interesting to me how 
often people come into the relationship with all these rules and I don't want you talking to this person and I don't want you talking to that person and you can't be out past this hour and you can't be all of this. And all that is about is, is the policing and, and, and manipulation of, of behavior of Mm -hmm. behavior. But here's the thing, folks, here's the dirty little secret, baby. You can follow all the 10 commandments. You can follow every rule in the book and, and take your last breath, get to heaven. And Jesus be like, who are you? Yeah. I don't know you. Cause you don't have a relationship having, having the rule book, (laughs) quote unquote, following the rules does not mean you have a relationship. So Gail, how do people, what would you say to people who, who need to kind of walk that bridge over, who need to make that transition from milk to meat, who need to kind of expand their thinking just a little bit more broadly about what it is to have a relationship with God? I think the first thing that people should do is to get quiet. First of all, shout out all the clamor and all the noise. And you really do have to go on this search for God yourself. And I, re- and I did, and I was on that journey, I think when I met you really close to it, um, I was, my life was about to break open in all kinds of different ways. And I had questions, real theological questions about inerrancy, about role of women, about uh, all kind, about justice. I had questions. And, uh, and I think a lot of people limit their relationship with God because they're afraid of the questions. Mm. Um, and so they don't, they never, they never get there. It's so much easier. And my life would, I'm telling you, my life would have been a lot easier if I, if I just said, okay, well, I have these questions in my head. Let me just suppress them, ignore them. And let me just keep following the rules. Girl, my life would have been a lot easier to be mine too. (laughs) It would have been so much simpler. But I think when you really get, but that is not sustaining. No, because it it's not gonna hold up when life comes. When the dam breaks, and the dam will break, and that Sundays that that is not going to sustain you. So I I would say first go to God with your questions and then look, the Bible says study. And I have studied, I have read, I have went to, I've taken whole, I've taken classes. I've, uh, I've, I went, I allowed myself to go on a journey, right? Zora Neale Hurston says, there are years that ask questions. Hmm. And I went through years of asking questions real questions. God and I, you, you have to get real with God and have real conversations and, and wrestle. That's how you get the blessing. You gotta, you gotta be prepared to wrestle. And I, I went through that process and I, and if you want to get beyond that, that first container, you have to get real with God and you have to be open to wrestling, be open to your questions. Don't withdraw from when trouble comes. Don't withdraw when questions come. Don't withdraw, lean into that. That's how you grow in faith. Lean in, lean into the storm. 
That's right. And you, and you will find, this is what I found that God is in the middle of the storm, but you got to get out the boat. You got to be prepared to drown. You really literally do. You got to be prepared. Hey, God, if you don't show up, I'm going to drown. That that's a different, that's a different journey. That's a different journey. And, you know, I'm not knocking for those of you, you know, who are raising children in the faith and things like that. I'm not knocking that. Now we, now I lay me down to sleep. Hey, we all got to start somewhere. You know, we all have to cut our teeth somewhere, but at some point you have to make that transition. And what many churches will tell you is that if you have questions, quote unquote, you don't have enough faith. If you have doubts, quote unquote, you don't have enough faith. Y'all better go back and listen to what I said about John the Baptist. Right. <laughs> I, I kid you not. John the Baptist was that dude. And, and even he was scratching his head like, hold on, pimp. <laughs> is, it really you? is it you? Because this, this ain't that. I'm just, you know. And another thing is that I want to read this quote to you out of a, a different book that I'm reading, but it's, it's about this notion of attachment, right? Hmm. It says attachment demands that things be different than what they are. When our minds are consumed with scripts and images and fantasies of what we think we must have, we end up frustrated and disappointed, unable to live in the what is of life. Hmm. That's a different type of attachment, y'all, which we didn't even get into into this series. But sometimes we can be so attached to how we think our life is supposed to go, right? So attached to, to I, I think about Joseph. So in the Advent season, I think about Joseph. Joseph was like, I found this beautiful young lady. You know, <laughs> I've, I've, I've engaged her in an arrangement and we're going to be married and, you know, going to have a family and all the things. Joseph was attached. He had an attachment to what he thought life with Mary was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then whoop shabam. Here come an angel of the Lord and blew it all the way up, blew it all the way up. And (laughs) praise God for Joseph, because Joseph was like, you know what? You know, because he was thinking he was like, all right, I ain't going to bring shame to it. You know, I'm going to just put this away quietly. But he stuck in there. And I think that sometimes also what what keeps us from going to that second container, what keeps us from getting to that real relationship is that we are really attached to what we want our life to be. And we are scared to death that if we lean into God and trust God, it ain't going to look nothing like that. And we have no idea how to deal with that. None. We are attached to what we imagine God to be, the box that we've put him in, what we've been told, how he, how, how God behaves. And we expect if you put, if you do this, you get that. Just add water. Like, and that's not, and that's not true of any relationship. No. People don't behave. Your kids don't behave the way you expect. Your, your significant other doesn't, don't be, doesn't behave the way you expect. We don't behave the way we expect. Come on now. And I think when you say, okay, this is what my life is like. Now, God, who are you? This is what I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense. I thought you were going to do this. And you, you have to get rid of what your preconceived notion of what 
God is or what you think he will do or be. And you find him, like you said, in the God that is. In the God that is. The in God the God that, that is. is. And for people like me, I can admit, I have a therapist, so I can admit this. I have some control issues because I like to know what's going on. I like to, to navigate the ship as it were. And God is like, sis, that's not how this works. No, that's not how this works. And so it is. So me and God wrestle over the steering wheel. It's like, (laughs) and obviously he always wins, but, but that's what it is listeners. And so for those of you who are struggling in the faith, for those of you who are in that, that Sunday school faith, for those of you that are attached to an idea of what you think your life is supposed to be, and you're scared to death to really walk in your destiny and walk in your purpose. Gail has told you absolutely right. Get away, get quiet, start reading, start studying, start praying, and most of all, start listening. Be slow to speak and quick to listen to what the spirit is saying to you. And I would say that the God I have found is much more exciting, much bigger, much more much closer than anything, any box, any predetermined space I could have put God in. Way. The God you find in the storm, the God you find in the valley of the shadow, that God is so much more meaningful, so much more impactful so much more present. Yes. So much more loving, so much safer, so much truer than any box that you thought you had for God. Yes. When you let God be God in your life, that's when your life starts to take on such a richer, fuller dimension. That's when it starts getting good. That is when it starts getting good and, and God is good. God is good. All the time. God is good all the time. And that's where I would like to leave it. Thank you for that, Gail. Y'all, did she not bless you? Did our hearts not burn within (laughs) this brilliant woman of God? So listeners, I listen, if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, I know some of you have been listening to this podcast for years and I actually want to share this with you. I was just, I always am so blessed when I get these types of things in the email or you guys inbox me and I said, Dr. Shante, I just want to thank you for your obedience. I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of years now, and I cannot begin to tell you how deeply you've impacted my walk with Christ. Please never stop recording. Happy holidays. I, I, this is why I do it. You know, this is why I bring people like Gail on the show. This is why I lean into this because I know it's hard out here for a pimp. It is. It's difficult <laughs> to be a Christian. It's, it's difficult to believe and have faith. And, and you've seen some things, you've, you've heard some things, you've seen some people that you thought were holy, completely let you down and drop the ball. I get it. Gail gets it. I'm, I'm telling you. And yet in the midst of all that we have seen and all that we have experienced, 
God still is. Yes. He still is. And he's still good. Amen. 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 Love you. Love wow. you too, darling. So listeners, if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter, on Instagram. We are going to take a brief hiatus for the, the holiday break. So don't y'all be sending me like mean emails like, where you at? What you doing? We coming right back. Okay. I have like one or two more episodes before we go into the, the new year. And then we will pick you right back up in 2022. God bless you. <laughs>